Ever wonder why our bodies change as we age? Ever wonder what we can do now to keep our bodies in tip-top shape late into life? Join us on this episode of The One in Five as we kick off a series about aging. Hey y'all, welcome to The One in Five, the show for those who want to know how to be healthy, how to stay healthy, and how to promote health in your community. I'm your host, Adam Renshaw, and in today's show, we have Dr. Oren Hansen with us again, and we're going to be talking about common health issues people deal with as they age. Welcome, Dr. Hansen. So good to be here with you once again. Uh, great topic once again. You you know how to pick them, my friend. Yeah, it's so good to have you back in here. I know that this is something that you are in frequent conversations with with your patients. Correct. Daily. Daily. Yeah. So okay. Well, let's jump right in. Let's let's first start with so just a little precursor here, I guess, before we jump in. We got three main things we're going to talk about. One is understanding the aging process. Two is cardiovascular health in aging patients, and then bone and joint health in aging patients. Now, that's a list of three things that we know that list is a lot longer. We had, Dr. Hansen and I had uh, a big, huge list that we were going to try to go with, and we decided not to because we wouldn't be able to get into the depth that we wanted to on some of these. So we know there's more than this, and we will address them in the future, right, Dr. Hansen? Correct, Amundo. So let's start with understanding the aging process. Talk to us a little bit about that. <laughs> when I saw this, uh, when, when you sent me this kind of uh, dialogue that we were going to talk about, I thought about this question, and and, and I've been using the, a brand new analogy, and I think I'm going to use it right now. Um, you know, people around here, they're used to doing things for themselves. There's not a lot of uh, b- abundance in, in resources. And one of those things, at least the way I grew up uh, in southeastern Montana, was uh, like mechanicing. So really, we're all just vehicles. And if we can think of ourselves like vehicles, I think I can make some kind of semi-accurate analogies and comparisons um, that help explain aging. When we're born, we're a brand new vehicle. We're a shiny new car. We, we, we don't have a lot of problems with us. Um, our, our, our function down to the cellular level is about as perfect as it, as it could be. Um, and eventually with time, um, basically all the parts of that vehicle will slowly start to wear out, um, and become less functional. Um, and you lose the new car smell. Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) You you lose the new car smell. You might acquire some other kinds of smells. Um, the... (laughs) So that really can apply to basically every organ system, and and that can start from uh, you know the skin and go as deep as as, as the cardiovascular system that we'll, we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. But but basically, you know, and again, we're we're, we're aging from the moment we're born, and kind of if I want to nerd out for just a moment, um, 
and there's there's better nerds out there than me too um so i I didn't prepare too much for this but but thinking back to medical school and really what's happening on at the cellular level with aging um we all have chromosomes this is our dna this is this is basically the um the template or the directions that all of our cells use to then make us who we are our cells look at this at this recipe that's our dna and says this is how we make oren's hair his his eyes his his intestines his his everything and at the very end of these well, and then these DNA, they're collected in little in little capsules called chromosomes. You may have heard of chromosomes, mm. and this and and these have all of the, the the information that that we need about ourselves. At the end of these chromosomes are these little things called telomeres, and telomeres are like little caps. They like putting a little cap on the end of a or a, on a milk jug or something. They're the caps that sit on the four ends of these X's that are a chromosome. And they per, they basically protect the chromosome. But with every replication, every time that cell divides, the telomeres are getting shorter and shorter. So basically from the time that we're conceived until the time we die, um, you know, our, our chromosomes and our DNA is also getting older and older. And then that makes everything subject to errors. And when our cells make errors, that's when we can develop things like cancer and oh. disease. Um so that will kind of come into play, but that's really what's happening and driving all of this is our cells are getting old from the moment that we're born. Um, and eventually when those little caps that, that protect uh, the, all that really good information, the, the, the secret recipe um, to how we're made, then the rest of, when the recipe gets mucked up, the, 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 the product gets mucked up too. And that's, yeah, that's things like cancers. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't know any of that. Thank you for that. Yeah. I have yeah, heard yeah. the analogy of uh, we're like vehicles. And and recently I actually heard this, Dr. Hansen, and one of the ways that it was described to me was um, as I'm getting older, the, the person said it to me like, hey, you, you know, you just got to think of yourself like – like, you know, like an old muscle car. And I think they were sort of trying to be f- flattering, you know, in the sense that, like, I still have muscles, yeah, even, though, muscle <laughs> even though I'm old. Were, uh, I wouldn't compare you. myself to that, particularly since I've been driving a in minivan. This story, let's make you a muscle car. <laughs> That's super nice. Um, but basically, the, 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 the place that they took it was, um, as the car gets older, it just needs a little more maintenance. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today. That's going to be a big piece of what we're going to talk about, right, is how to maintain health through um, the, the latter years of our life. That's, well, and that's my MO always, I think, on the other podcasts. That's, that's really what I love talking about and love doing um, is maintaining. But what I'll say is that that maintenance should start from the moment you buy that car. That's a good call. Um, it does, you, like you said correctly, you're inevitably going to have more maintenance needs as that car gets more use. Sure, sure. But if you really want to optimize the life of the car from the get-go, the earliest you know about, the earliest you know the information about rotating your tires and changing your oil, um, 
is is going to serve that you and that car's relationship for the longest possible time it can. Well, let's be honest. Like for the young mind, it's hard to think in those terms, isn't it? And I think that's one of the things I want us to get across here today is that this conversation matters, not just for those that are aging and getting older and older, but there's realms why this matters to younger people as well. People who maybe think, they're in that invincible state still, right? Um, and I think one of those, if you could talk a little bit about this, Dr. Hansen, is not from a, a, a personal perspective, but thinking outside of our own selves and into maybe having an other's perspective on this. My, my dad just turned 70. My, my <laughs> nice work. I strong. He's yeah, it. He's strong. It. He's doing it, and he's strong yeah. too. I think he listens too. He, so he's rolling. Know, he does. <laughs> and then if we can't, this is as good. We, this is good as we can do. What's your? What's, I can want to say hi. I'll Dan. just say hi. Dan. 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 Yeah. Dan if you're listening, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on the so, one and five. So, but like, I'm going as I get older and as my parents get older, I'm getting to a place where I might enter into caregiver state at some point. Right. And so I think that that's why this matters for a younger audience, as well as the maintenance piece that you just spoke about and touched on wanting to maintain from an earlier age. And now, um, as we look at our parents starting to get older, uh, we might have to start giving care for them. So um, Real quick, why, yes. why you said that? Yeah. My very first uh, high school vehicle, um, I blew up the engine because I didn't change the oil. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was an old engine. It was an old Toyota four Forerunner from the you know nineteen eighties. But uh, but uh, it would have l- gone longer if I'd had that youthful foresight to put oil in it regularly. No doubt, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's a. That's an extreme analogy that we don't want to push over into the human body, right? Well, I think that's a good segue into cardiovascular because would do you would you think that the cardiovascular system is that sort of engine the motor, uh, yeah, the motor the of the body? It's the pump. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of cardiovascular health, as particularly as we age, Doctor Hansen. Well, going back to just basically the the fundamental. Um, reason for that drives all of this, uh, and the reason for the organ and it's in, in and of itself is to deliver nutrients to our entire body. Cardiovascular system really is is our heart and our blood vessels, um, including our our arteries and our veins, uh, that deliver the goods. Um, and that's in the form of oxygen, that's in the form of water, that's in the form of amino acids and, and vitamins and, and other things that basically our cells need to, uh, to function, and, and, and sugar uh, and, and, and other um, forms of energy. So anytime we disrupt it, it's not good. Um, anytime you lose blood flow to any part of the body, you start to lose performance with that mm. with that particular part of the body, um, and really, the way that this tends to happen in most people is through normal wear and tear. This is driving your vehicle every day to town for work. Um, 
and driving in and around town, running errands, groceries, chasing kids around. Um, if you continue to do that long enough, the parts are going to continue to wear. It's especially important, even though you haven't been using it in an intense fashion, you haven't been drag racing with your minivan, um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you you still need to maintain it. And, and, and it's just harder to be conscious of it, too, so you actually have to devote time to it. Sure. Um, what are some things, Dr. Hansen, that can cause that wear and tear other than just age, right? Well, it's really the things that stress the cardiovascular system. And that's anything that, that makes the cardiovascular system work harder. And so when the heart is beating faster, that muscle is having to work harder. The whole cardiac muscle is having to work um, at a higher level. Um, when the heart is beating harder, you're increasing your blood pressure. And so then what you're doing then is, is you're kind of putting chronic wear and tear on the... Um, on the on the vessels that you, that 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 you're that make up your vascular system, <laughs> I've been having a decent analogy for this too. Um, it's a whitey tidy analogy. <laughs> um, tidy whiteys, whitey tidies, whatever people where it depends on where you're from. I guess how you sure. say that one, but we called it whitey tidies. Whitey tidies. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Same. Tidy whiteys works though. <laughs> tidy whiteys or whitey tidies have an elastic waistband that when you pull them tight um, and then relax them, they go back to their original form. And when you're born as a baby, you have brand new elastic in your vessels. Um, in fact, we have a small molecule in the walls of these vessels called elastin. And it <laughs> stretches. It stretches every time your heart beats. And actually, if you... If you moved your fingers down by your thumb and you felt your radial pulse um, or your carotid pulse by your neck, you're going to feel it bounding. You're going to feel a bounding pulse going boom. boom. And that's the blood, that's and the artery. That's that. Well, that's your heart pumping. That's your heart squeezing. And then the artery using its elastin to stretch and then recoil back to its size. And that pressure, when it stretches to its highest, to its greatest, you know, dimension, that's the upper number on the blood pressure. So like 120 pounds of, you know, millimeters of mercury. Systoles? Systolic. Systolic. Yeah, yeah. That's your systolic pressure. And then when your heart relaxes, and so does the elastin in the, uh, in the blood vessel, that's the diastolic pressure or the lower number. So really, it's it's the higher number that we really worry about in medicine because then if you're going to get a really high number and if you're going to get such a high number that it causes that vessel to, to rupture, which you see in, in the case of heart attacks, strokes, and aneurysms, really, mm. three major conditions that fit into this, um, into this category, um, it's because that elastin in the wall can no longer accommodate or or deal with that pressure that that our hearts putting on it so the the more often we have our hearts working hard um in real especially in chronic you know uncontrolled you know, conditions you know exercise is wonderful for it because basically it conditions it but it's assumed then that once we exercise for a certain period of time then we rest and relax okay. but some people aren't aren't able to achieve that because the other thing that causes our heart to beat very fast is something called our sympathetic nervous system 
which is our fight or flight nervous system. If you've ever heard of that. Does it have to do with stress? Which is what happens to our body when we get stressed. Okay. And traditionally, that used to come in the form of being chased by saber-toothed tigers. And right. I talk about a lot of saber-toothed tigers with my patients if they happen to be listening. And we've talked Sorry about saber-toothed tigers on the, on oh, the podcast. Perfect. perfect. So no, Here they no. are again. Yes. Um, and when, when a saber-toothed tiger starts to chase us, we want our pump to start beating harder so we get more blood flow to our brain. Again, earlier we were talking about how, why the, the cardiovascular system delivers that energy uh, and all of those nutrients. And, and most importantly in those situations, oxygen and water um, so that those organs can function at a high level. But so we don't get worn out, so we're not driving the tires off of our car, we actually have to stop once in a while and we have to allow the body to, re, uh, to, to rest and kind of remodel. And then I might even build up and sew in more elastic into that whitey-tidy waistband mm. um, so that you can get more life then out of that because the human body is, is so much better than whitey-tidies, thankfully. Sure. We have the ability to kind of adjust to whatever we're doing to it and strengthen that part of the body. Um, so if but I'm we also have real, to be careful. Real quick, if I'm hearing you correctly, it, it kind of sounds like you're saying that exercising or, or, or developing that sort of conditioned response can be helpful if there's rest. Rest will allow these things to sort of repair themselves or sort of come back to normal or even make them stronger. The latter, yeah. Okay, Make stronger. stronger. That's okay. the whole idea. And we're going to talk about uh, bone bone and joint health next. Same thing. Um, and it's going to be the same principle. It's anytime... <sighs> when we evolved as cavemen being chased by these um, you know, saber-toothed tigers, really the, the, the pattern that we lived in was long periods of kind of stability... Uh, with with things like food and social security, um, followed with brief periods of stress, and those those periods of stress were, you know, were threatening, but they they almost certainly strengthened us as a species. Sure, um, they they came in the form of wars, they came in the form of disease, um, they came in the form of famine. And the people or units that, that had the skills to survive those situations were then who, who continued to you know, survive and thrive and reproduce and, and move on. But, and so, so a lot of these things I'm talking about, short periods of stress, like, like practicing with exercise is why it's so good because it simulates you know, these, these periods of, of, of intermittent stress that we would had you know, for thousands and thousands of years. Um, but without all that stability, that's when our body's rebuilding and repairing itself. Okay. And then we have the short period of stress, rebuild and repair. Short period of stress, rebuild and repair. Now what's happening with things like our blood vessels is we're living in a world where people are being chased by saber-toothed tigers day and night in some cases. And then, and that can last for months until they get a short little period of a vacation because you get a week off. Sure. And then you go another three months with long period of being chased and then you get a little vacation. Well, that's not enough for our blood vessels um, to repair themselves and, and protect themselves against future damage. Okay. Um, and if they even if they are working hard to repair themselves, even if you're rotating your tires, you're you know frequently like you should, that you you can still 
run the rubber quite, you know, completely off of them. Absolutely. You need to repair it. So, so I think what I'm hearing you say is that there, we're under all kinds of stress that is chronic mm-hmm. uh, these days. And it's not necessarily healthy ways of being stressed like exercise, which would be a healthy way. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're under stress from work. We're under stress from parenthood. We're under stress from all kinds of different oh, things. Being it's, a human being in the 21st century um, in in the United States for you and me, um, you know, it, 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 it can be, it can be stressful and it is stressful for a lot of people. And I think that it, it drives a lot of disease. Um, and so again, that's kind of why I'm incorporating this theory or, you know, that makes sense because this idea into, into this topic, if people are under this kind of stress for so long, as they get older, there's not going to be, it's going to wear that system down quicker. Right. Is that right. what I'm hearing you say? Yep, exactly. And so then it, when it does eventually have to deal with even more stress, that's when that organ then becomes diseased. Okay. And that's what we really see when, we, when people have to come to the hospital. We find that they, they experience some kind of stress. Um, and whether that was physical, emotional, social, et cetera, forms of stress, it's enough to, to tip that normally functioning organ into a diseased state. Gotcha. So uh, that was blood pressure was one of those pieces that's caused by stress. And we know cholesterol is another piece, right? I have an A, B, C, D, E. Did you see this Ooh. on the sheet? The uh, A, closely enough. assessing your risk. Okay. B, blood pressure control. C, cigarette cessation and cholesterol control. D, diabetes treatment and diet optimization. And then E is exercise. That's the good thing. But those are things that can impact that cardiovascular system. Is that a good way to sum it up, Dr. Hansen? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's a nice, that's a nice list. Um, we were just talking about blood pressure, uh, talked a fair bit about blood pressure, um, and really how it's just important to protect that elastic waistband from being stretched out too often. Um, and we use medications to do that, but, um, lately I've been really into trying to help people kind of make sustainable changes in their life that can then produce that result as well. Um, and the C with cigarette cessation is one of those things you can focus on with lifestyle changes. So I love that, that, that that's here. Um, cigarettes contain nicotine. Nicotine is a stimulant, um, it tends to cause what's called vasoconstriction, meaning um, the blood vessel gets smaller. And just like if you had a garden hose um, that was running with water and you suddenly went and grabbed it to make it smaller, that would increase the pressure. Um, That's why people like cigarettes is because it increases blood flow to their body and their brain. It helps them with focus. It helps them with their energy. Just like I was saying, the, the that's what the job of the cardiovascular system is. Yeah. The problem is, is it's stressing that unnecessarily. And if you're using them all day, every day, that's, that, that's not allowing your body to properly um, ever, you know, to ever relax and, and escape. So, so cigarettes are well, well, nicotine consumption really in any form is a well-known reason uh, or risk factor for cardiovascular disease. Um, cholesterol control, uh, also important. I talked about when these, uh, when these blood vessels get too much stretch, then they blow, and that's 
when a heart attack or stroke or an aneur- blown aneur- or ruptured aneurysm causes or occurs. If you have a lot of cholesterol, the reality is things are hap- these are happening all the time. You might be blowing, you know, vessels all the time in your in your head and your heart, and they're not causing a problem if you don't have too much cholesterol. The cholesterol is the pro-inflammatory molecule that then causes the blood vessel to completely close off. If your blood vessel blows and you have a ton of cholesterol in that blood vessel, the inflammatory response or the amount of you know cells that come in and try to fix that problem, they come in and they actually block off the blood flow to the heart. And then you would have what, you know, that's the definition of a heart attack. Right? Sure. Um, so trying to control the cholesterol, healthy cholesterol, especially um, there, there's, there's good cholesterol and bad cholesterol that are associated with higher risk of cardiovascular disease, which by the way, I don't think we said this yet, is the number one, you know, cause of, 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 morbidity and mortality in the united states so thanks i read you put it first i had a percentage too somewhere and i forgot what it was it's incredible and and you know and if you compare that to (laughs) in and that's the united states i don't think it's true across the world um that's the united states and look at the way the united americans live and the amount of stress that we have in our life the amount of stress we put on our do you think it's a coincidence really that that we are being killed by cardiovascular disease yeah let's talk real quick about healthy stress outlets because i had this here too on the list um you talked about uh one right and that was exercise let's 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 talk about maybe some people who might struggle getting moving so much that are, true. You're looking at it, man. That are old. You're, oh, okay. You're looking at it. Younger and older. Let's talk about both realms. <laughs> Exercise is real hard for me. Sure. And it's not for me. I love it. But I remember we talked and you talked, you were going out and chopping wood. And I know that's a good thing. That's a thing that you were able to sort of find as an outlet. Talk to me about some other things that maybe some older or younger people can do to release some of that stress. Just quickly on on exercise, um, it's really not. Uh, th- there's really good evidence and, and studies about about what we need in terms of movement and, and exercise. And 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 I I like to just tell people to if it's hard for you, like it is for me, start somewhere really low and just know that 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 first ten minutes of movement every day. 10, 15 minutes of movement. And it it doesn't have to be, it, it's great if you can break a sweat. Wonderful. The best thing, best case scenario is if you can break a sweat. But if you can't, you're still going to have wonderful um, benefits from just moving. And that's moving to shovel your snow. That's moving to chop wood. That's moving to go to the grocery store and, and get your own food. Um or go hunting to get your own food. Whatever it is sure. to move, um, that's really been been shown to be highly beneficial for our overall health. And that's consistent with what we did as cave people too. Um, have a garden and go out and and work well, in just, your garden. Just walk and around and looking for food. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. around, you, know, you, well, can't, you can't really vegetables. look for forage while you're while you're doing wind sprints, but you can look for vegetables while I you're can. walking up and down. <laughs> I believe you can. You muscle car. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so, so that's good. I really like that. Um, but diet is where really that's where, where the rubber meets the road, it, huh? 
that's that's to help with that cholesterol. So when if if the if and when the blood vessels break, which they do, they just but they have mechanisms to fix themselves. Um, you don't want to have a lot of cholesterol in that vessel, a bad, especially bad cholesterol. And and then the other thing where diet comes into play, and the thing we didn't even talk about this yet. One of the biggest stressors, you know, we talked about social stressors, but a huge physical stressor is um, is carrying extra weight. Carrying extra weight requires so much more of your pump. Um, it would be the same as if the gas mileage that I get in my vehicle when when it's just me versus when I'm moving and I have everything, all every single one of my possessions in, in my vehicle. Sure. Um, I had a, I have a I bought one of my dad's old ranch pickups, um, a diesel pickup, and and I used it to move up here from Salt Lake City, and you drive um, north north across uh, Wyoming. I think I got like five miles to the gallon, probably because uh, of wind too, huh? oh, and, a, and a weighed down car, yeah, and you're so, driving in that wind, and so the the heavier the load, the more energy you need to power that load and the more stress um, on the system huh? Yep. and so that just increase that means that you got to have a higher blood pressure um it often co- results in a higher blood pressure and and likewise lowering that weight also results in lower blood pressures and that's a wonderful way for people to kind of achieve low blood pressure and and other health benefits in a sustainable way nice before we move on to bone and joint health I had this question for you. What are, (laughs) this is kind of meta, what are, I have a question for you. What are questions do you wish older patients asked you about heart disease? (laughs) I probably should have thought about this a little bit or a little bit more, but, um, it's all good. Like, you know, honestly, it's everything that you've just been asking. It's the same stuff. Um, I, I wish, uh, I wish they just. I wish they had an opportunity to ask. Um, I, and, and if they have an opportunity, but they don't feel empowered to, I, 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 I would wish that they felt empowered to ask because really asking those questions is the only way you know this information. Trying to find it right now is, imp- it's, it's, it's really, really hard, especially for older patients. Um, the majority of the good literature that we do have and, and, you know, information that we do have, it's on, it's online, but then you have to have, you know, almost extraordinary. What was the scare? You got to be able to, to, to sift through it and understand it. And it can be very difficult to understand. And and while you're doing that, you're going to run into a lot of misleading information as well. Yeah. So it, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to do research for this podcast and I end up coming along you know uh, a lot of different sources i try to stick with specific things like reputable medical sources you do a good job i, I <laughs> kind of was like man where is he? it's like he's writing who's helping him write this is dr mark in his ears? it's he is, a, is he doing a it's little... johns hopkins university is what's oh, helping right on this. well uh, it's pretty good information <laughs> it's pretty good information cool i mean i just i wrote down a couple do I need any kind of specific cardiovascular screening tests and what will they tell me? 
What's my 10-year cardiovascular risk of a heart attack or stroke? These are questions to ask your doctor. Are these good questions? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are my specific risk factors? And what can I do on my own to help lower them? We talked a lot about that, but that's a really good question I think you would like to hear. Am I correct? Yep, yep, exactly. And we did talk a lot about that. To answer the first couple, gosh, Will you see see those first couple again? Do I need any kind of cardiovascular screening tests and what will they tell me? Yep. Uh, There's two good screening tests that I'd recommend. Um, The the, the best two. There's a few others. Um, The USPSTF, I think we talked about them before. Preventative services. Really um, unbiased uh, resource that I do trust a lot. Um, They recommend screening for blood pressure. So having your blood pressure checked and seeing if it's running high. The problem is, is that it's always running high when you come and see the doctor. That's the way with me, um, man. And so there's lots of blood pressure, ways to measure your blood pressure outside of the clinic. That's going to be more accurate. And if you can bring in a list of what it is on a couple times during the day, that, that'll that give your, your provider a really good idea of kind of what your blood pressure is doing in the real world. Um, that's the most valuable information. Uh, the other one would be checking cholesterol levels, which you can do, you know, every every kind of one to five years, depending on whether you're doing screening checks or or actual treat, uh, diagnostic checks um, and and maintenance checks. Um, there for for people who smoke um, cigarettes or use uh, use nicotine products, uh, they can sometimes be eligible for things to look at their um, aorta and looking for aortic aneurysms and that type of thing but really it's not uh, recommended screening for the general public the big two is blood pressure and cholesterol yep th- those are the two that, that that really come to mind for me cool so i think those are good questions for our listeners if if you're wondering how to approach this with your doctor ask those questions do i need any kind of cardiovascular screening tests what will they tell me what's my 10-year cardiovascular risk of heart attack or stroke and and then we touched on this too uh Uh, listeners, should I be eating a special diet? Uh, What can I do to lose weight? Those are big questions to to approach your your, uh, primary care physician with. Is that a a good, uh, those good questions, Dr. Hansen? That's a nice synopsis of of all the things that I'd like to, I mean, I can answer all those questions really well. And I wanted to interrupt you and answer them while while you're going (laughs) through them, but I do that enough when we (laughs) have these interviews. Well, let's move on to bone and joint health. I think there's a couple of big things here that I wanted to to ask you about. Uh, One is really like, I've heard terms, osteoporosis, osteoarthritis. What, they sound very similar. Are they similar? What's the differences between these two things? Osteoporosis, osteoarthritis. You're right. And it, it all has to go with kind of, the root words of those words, which is osteo, which is, is Latin for you know, relating to bone. Okay. Um, osteo, um, ortho, kind of relating to the skeleton, etc. Talking about just briefly back to the the the, fun, the basics and maybe even getting down to like cellular level. Um, the purpose of our bones and our joints is to move our body or to, to, to or, or really to support our body. The muscles really move our body, but, but, uh, but we need to be supported, um, and structured properly. And, and there's all kinds of ways to stress these as well. Um, 
but uh, and, and that then that might lead to something like osteoporosis okay. or arthritis. Um, so I think we'll we're gonna definitely get into those. In in short, osteoporosis is basically gonna be weakening of the bone. Okay. Um, and and that's probably due to the second part of that word saying porosis, meaning probably porous, I suppose, oh. um, or, or and 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 the ways that the mi- uh, bone looks like under the microscope. Uh, is it's kind of like an interwoven network of of little uh, and and so if you if you get weakened uh, networks of that you get more pores and then that might just lead to a weaker bone. I I don't know about the word a root word of porosis uh, as as well, but arthritis arthros is joint, and so osteoarthritis is oh. inflammation of 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 that joint. Due to the bone, the bone touching bone, osteoarthritis is the most common form of arthritis in our society. Okay. Um, and it's most commonly known as wear and tear arthritis. You often just erode your, you, you, you um, wear away your, your cartilage between the joints, the pads and cushions them. And, and, and so, yeah, what would that be? Like wearing away your brake pads so now your brakes don't work or something? Oh, sure. And, 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 and then you're um, metal on metal or bone on bone, yeah, bone in on bone. this case, right? Yep. Yep, and um, and then the itis is inflammation, uh, just meaning that it's causing pain. So someone, um, so but yeah, those are that's the difference between those two words. Interesting, because I thought they both had to do with a bone, the bone, right? Osteoporosis, and uh, I mean it, it, it does. This is definitely still. Uh, these are the like two of the main conditions that I treat in this topic of, of bone bone and joint health that we're talking about. So would this cause bones, like say osteoporosis, would it cause bones to break more easily? Would it cause fractures at a higher rate? Or is that the outcome of this sort of osteoporosis? Exactly. Porousness, okay. <laughs> yep, per- precisely. That, and, and that's what's most relevant for this discussion on, on aging because risks of, of, of especially falls that then lead to, f- to fractures or broken bones um, is one of the number one uh, reasons probably for hospital or probably one of the top reasons for hospitalizations in that age group. Yep. You know, this might be a little bit of um, a curveball, but what's recovery like? Uh, obviously, if we're looking at a car, as at the car analogy, right? And something goes wrong with a newer car, it's probably easier to fix. Um, with an older car, is it hard? Does it get harder and harder to repair? Does the body have a harder time repairing itself? It does. It does, especially when it comes to bones. And and I can't remember the exact age, but there is an age, um, and it's somewhere between the twenties and thirties where you have your maximum bone density. And one of the studies that we can use to look for osteoporosis is, is what's called, uh, I don't actually don't remember what DEXA stands for. We call it a DEXA scan, but it's really a bone density scan where we're looking at, uh, at, at how strong and how dense that bone is and how, how, how much of a risk it might have at breaking. And, and, and that's, those studies are, um, or, or those scans are recommended for um, especially women. And the reason, and I'll get into the reasons behind that, it has to do with how we stress the bones. And, 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 and body mass is, is a great way to stress the bones. Men generally have a higher body mass. 
And so their bones just get more stressed. And just like we were talking about earlier with the blood vessels, when you stress something and then you allow it to relax and recover, it often builds back stronger. Um, and so that's why men tend to have less chances, uh, low, lo- lower incidence of, uh, of osteoporosis. Interesting. Because I did read too that the uh, osteoporosis affects women more while cardiovascular affects men more, or at least affects men at a lower age. Is that? And there's lots of, there's so many variables that are, are related to our kind of social health and our physical health. Um, Interesting. And, and, and other things, um, and, you know, kind of our cultures and whatnot that, that, that shape those differences. Um, but, but really kind of, in terms of trying to optimize so we don't have to repair, um, it has to do with properly stressing the bones. And again, the best way to do that is through exercise, particularly weight resistance training, resistance yeah. exercise, yeah. stuff where you're lifting something heavy and what you're doing is you're just causing that, that bone to bend just a little bit. And once uh, you can see it, the listeners mm-hmm. can't. I'm holding my finger up and bending <laughs> it forward. Uh, I love the uh, picture that no one else could see but me. <laughs> a little bit, and then and then when you relax, that 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 bone has actually cracked some. You've cracked in and made these micro fractures in this bone. Same as with your muscle. muscles. When you tear yes. it, you have these mus- micro. When you lift weights, you have these micro tears. That then your body comes in and rebuilds um, to make them even. You know stronger and more more robust you're you're able to do that really effectively until you're uh, a young adult and then usually the best you can do is you can maintain that okay you're really not going to continue to build more density as you get older but with proper with with the right kind of treatment of your body you can maintain what you've developed in your in your 20s and 30s into a really old age and reduce your risk of 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 broken bones so it's actually probably the best way to do it interesting and i think also what i'm hearing you say is that resistance training not doesn't only affect your muscle density but it affects your bone density precisely bingo exactly interesting hey let's talk real quick about how to maintain optimum bone and joint health let's talk we talked a little bit about resistance training that's a good piece right i did some reading about two nutrients that affect these one is calcium one is vitamin d are these important particularly as we get older and older is there more there there is there are really important those are two really important uh, kind of um, fundamental building blocks to the process that happens when you when you bend your bone when you bend your bone because you were lifting weights um, and you need to repair it and 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 rebuild it you're going to use a lot of 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 all kinds of molecules really but but calcium is important to that bone health and so especially when when your bones are growing like when you're a child that's why we, we often try to find sources that are rich in calcium, milk. Like, like milk, like yes. leafy greens, uh, be really high in calcium, um, and, and a number of other foods. Um, and then vitamin D is, 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 is again, one of those, one of the, 
I don't remember all, you know, nor do I think it's, uh, is it appropriate for sure. me to explain the cellular uh, um, responsibility of vitamin D to, uh, to bone uh, remodeling, but it, it's certainly Im- important. In fact, when you don't have it, you can develop a disease that, w- that used to be more common than it is now called rickets. And it's when, uh, it's when the bones are, are not strong enough and then and they tend to bow and bend, and then they're more likely to break. And this tended to affect people who lived in northern climates because they didn't get as much sunlight. sunlight. Interesting. And that sunlight um, is, is, is important for our body to um, basically cr- create a usable form of, of vitamin D. It helps you process vitamin D yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah. Interesting, man. I, I think I've heard of rickets, but I don't know hardly yeah. anything and, and about it. And that's probably why... That's probably why human beings evolved to have lighter skin too, because it would absorb more as, as they move to northern climates. Well, equatorial people tend to have darker skin to protect them from the sun. Where where, where northern people, people in more extreme latitudes, I think latitudes, um, tend to uh, have lighter skin, lighter complexions, and it's probably related to try to promote their bone health. Um, Interesting. Right, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, so yeah you gotta be pr- you gotta protect it when yourself when it does come out. Melanin content is super interesting, mm-hmm. and how uh, the 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 dark skin and the light skin and how it affects people and why it's sort of become what it is. So it's super interesting. Mm-hmm. I've I've done a little bit, but that's a whole rabbit have, trail. You have my wife on for that one. Yeah. Or maybe maybe both of us. I don't well, know. Well, she's she a dermatologist. Was, she, knows, she knows quite a bit about melanin. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, really good stuff, Doctor Hansen. Um, I think just real quick, we'll do some key takeaways. I've yeah, been writing yeah. some things down here as we've been talking. Sort of some big points. Um, one is everyone's getting older all the time so this is going to age is going to affect us unless our life is uh, unfortunately stopped before we have that opportunity yeah uh maintenance if we're looking at the analogy between the body and a and a car and a vehicle uh, maintenance is super important and the younger you start with maintenance the better it's going to be as you get older um the heart being that sort of engine of the body, we need to avoid as much stress as possible on that cardiovascular system as a whole. That's the heart and the blood vessels. Uh, one of the ways we can do that is avoiding excess weight in our body. So please talk to your primary care physician about ways that you can uh, have a manageable weight. Um, cardiovascular screening, two important things, blood pressure, cholesterol. And then about bone and joint health, one of the ways uh, to to get maximum bone and joint health is resistance training. Another is to make sure you're getting proper nutrients inside of your body, particularly calcium and vitamin D. Is that a good sum up, Dr. Hansen, of what we just talked about? It hits a lot of important things that we just talked about. Awesome. Well, I thank you for coming back. Dude, I can't wait to talk about the next three things yeah, that I have to do with more organ systems coming. <laughs> we Everything sure do. can get old. <laughs> That's right. Everything can get old, but we got to learn about them because they're, 
I'll, I'll close with this. This, this. Please. The topic that you chose today is, is to me, one of, it's, if it's not one of, it may be the most relevant topic that we're facing in our communities in rural, in rural Montana and Wyoming um, today. The reason being is because our communities compared to our to metropolitan areas are disproportionately aged. Um, Meaning we have a higher, older population. Thank you, yes. yes. Yeah. And since we have so many more old, older, fo- older people f- per capita than, than other areas do, now you combine that with the phenomenon that happened in, in, in the second half of the 20th century in the 1900s, which was uh, the baby boomers were, were, were born. Um, so the, the, the disproportionate or the, the lopsidedness of, of older people in these rural areas combined with the fact that there's a, just a ton of older people based on the baby boom, um, it's going to make, it's, re- it's really going to stress our healthcare system. Sure. And it may cause our healthcare system to break just like a blood vessel that's overstressed. Interesting. Um, and so it's really important for me to get this information. It's, it's near and dear to my heart to get this information out to people so that they can try to make the best of their situation, trying to avoid things like hospitalizations um, and, and over-medicalization. Um, because if you're relying on, to the truth is, is if you're relying on a lot of these medications to fix these, these other problems like high blood pressure, like problems with weight, like problems with sugars, these medicines have side effects and these, a lot of the side effects when you get older are dizziness and that's what leads to these falls, falls and broken and bones. Broken bone. yep. So it all ties together. I'm, I, I thank you for having me on so I can use this as a platform to, to reach more people. Um, and, and I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back so we can keep this rolling. Awesome. Can't wait, man. Good to have you for all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. If this episode was beneficial for you or you know someone who could benefit from this information, would you please share this episode with them? And with that, we will sign off.